children come Don't dare drive them away And then the kingdom comes Hear the holy foolish things they say The springtime of their life decides The adults they'll become So let the children come Please let the children Children's Bible Journey with stories and songs just for kids. We have a dramatized Bible story coming up, but let's get today's program started by singing praises to our awesome God. Rubber back, rubber back, 
of this meeting. Before we decide on a course of action to get rid of these intruders from Babylon, I wish to make a few statements and then call upon two men to make reports. These men, at my command, mingled among the returned captives. Many Israelites are saddened by the desolate condition of the temple in Jerusalem. Many more are lamenting because the temple to be built is far inferior to the glory and splendor of Solomon's temple. Still others are filled with discontent and discouragement. It is this very spirit of ingratitude, disloyalty, and disobedience to God that brought about their captivity in the first place. And now for the report of the two spies. What you've just heard is true inside Jerusalem and outside. The Judeans seem to forget that it was their God who worked upon the heart of King Cyrus to aid them in returning here and rebuild the temple. It's therefore our suggestion that a delegation be sent to Zerubbabel and to the chief of the fathers with words of flattery, offering to help rather than hinder the rebuilding of the temple and Jerusalem. <laughs> now, before going further... I should like to remind you that this land rightfully belongs to us. When Judah was taken captive to Babylon, we came here and inhabited this land. We are settled here. If these people take over Judah and become strong like they were in the days of David and Hezekiah, what is going to become of us and our families? We must not stand idly by and let this happen. I agree. And I like the suggestion that was made. In fact, as an elder statesman of Samaria, I insist that a delegation be sent to Zerubbabel using smooth words and fair speeches. I am sure that such an approach will flatter Zerubbabel. And so, O Zerubbabel, governor of Judah, we of Samaria come to thee with an offer of help. Help? Yes, help to build the temple. 
our men will work right with yours. After all, sir, do we not serve the same God? We have ever since we settled here by the order of the king of Assyria over 200 years ago. <clears throat> with your permission, I should like a little time to confer with the princes, high priest Joshua, and the chief of the fathers of Israel. Scribe, see that our distinguished visitors from Samaria are fed and entertained. Yes, high priest Zerubbabel, I'm inclined to agree with the Samaritans. They do serve the God of Israel. Oh, it is true, they do have images, but they themselves readily admit that they do not worship these images, but that they merely represent the God we all worship. God's commandment is explicit on this very thing. Thou shalt not make any graven images or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above. God does not want us to make an image of him and bow down and worship it, directly or indirectly. The Samaritans do this very thing. And we will refuse their offer of help. History proves that God is displeased when we Israelites make alliances with other people and nations. Or take David, for instance. When he and his group identified themselves with the Philistines, look what happened. Their wives and children were taken captives and would have become slaves had not David quickly repented and gone to their rescue. Well, you've made a very important point. And I agree that we must refuse the offer of help from the Samaritans. If we were to accept their offer, it would most certainly open the door for the entrance of idolatry. And I'm sure we have all doubts as to their sincerity. Even if they were to help in the building of the temple, their greatest effort would be as nothing compared to the blessings we may expect to receive by following the commands of God. Cyrus, king of Persia, commanded us to build our own temple. We must obey the king's command and refuse your offer of help. Zerubbabel, your words ring with untruth. There is more to this than you have said. And let us make our point very clear. You have not heard the last of this matter. fellow Samaritans, if Zerubbabel and his counselors succeed, Judah may again become strong and rule the world. What will become of us? We must not let it happen. It is our intention that we go further that is, than this. if we are all agreed. Yes, if we are all agreed. We shall instruct our people to harass the Israelites and hinder the building of the temple as much as possible. We will slow down the building of the temple and discourage the Israelites so much the temple will not be built. Are we agreed? Yes. Then did the people of Samaria weaken the hands of the Israelites and trouble them. And counselors were hired to frustrate the people who built the temple. that Cyrus and Cambyses, his son, kings of Persia, are both dead. And now Smerdis rules the land. Smerdis is a very weak king. With a proper approach, I'm sure we can secure a decree ordering the Israelites to cease building the temple at Jerusalem. And your suggestion, Brother Bishlam, as to the proper approach? There is only one approach. 
write to His Majesty a complimentary letter, asking him as a matter of kingly pride and justice to stop the work on the temple. Why? Because it is a work of rebellion and treason against him and his power and rights as king. A letter to King Smerdis would have to be worded just right. And who among us is capable of writing such a diplomatic letter? The scribe, with the help of Riam, the chancellor, of course. I am in favor of this. O king, a swift courier has brought a message from the chief of the Samaritans. What does it say? What does it say? King, live forever. But the Israelites that Cyrus permitted to return to Judah are preparing for a rebellion against thee. Only a few thousand people plan a rebellion against me. So say the Samaritans, mm. Your Majesty. The Israelites are rebuilding the temple to their God and the city and the strong walls of the city. If permitted to continue and finish, they will then refuse to pay thee, O king, any more tribute. What is the Samaritans' interest in all this? Well, they say in the letter, Your Majesty, that they do not wish to see thee dishonored. Mm. Mm, reasonable. The Samaritans plead with thee, O king, to search the book of the records of the kings of Persia. It will be found that Jerusalem was truly a rebellious city. For this very cause was the city destroyed. O king, I have searched the book and found the sayings of the Samaritans true. Jerusalem has been a troublesome city. Well, I shall have the scribe write to the Samaritans, giving them permission to force the Israelites to cease building the temple. And listen to what I have to say. I hold in my hand a parchment upon which the king of Persia commanded us to cease all building of the temple and the city and its walls. We must obey our king. Gather together the materials and store them. Likewise your tools. Then return each of you to his home and family. And may God go with you. There was much confusion and unhappiness in Judah that day. The work of building the temple of God had ceased. What did it mean? Should they have remained in Babylon? Had God forsaken them? It is too late. Too long have our fathers lived in sin and worshipped false gods. Too long have we lacked faith. God has forsaken us. Woe is Israel! We'll continue the Bible story tomorrow. And if you would like to have these stories to listen to at home, you can call the Bible and Living Sound at 1-800-634-0234. That's 1-800-634-0234. Welcome to Live with Sam. I'm Sam, talking today with Abram, the smartest boy in our school. He gets an A in everything. That's not exactly accurate. I got a B plus once. Really? In what? I don't want to talk about it. The pain is still too fresh. Okay, let's talk about health. I noticed that you do a lot of walking and jogging and bicycle riding. May I ask why? When you have a brain like mine, you've got to keep it in perfect working order. That requires a combination of good food, sound sleep, 
mental stimulation, and daily exercise. So, to be smart, you have to be healthy? Precisely. So, what do you do to take care of your brain? I'm glad you asked that question, Sam. First, I care for my body with nutritious meals centered on a whole food, plant-based diet. I refrain from imbibing sugary snacks and highly refined packaged edibles. Next, I stimulate my brain by reading the great words of skilled authors and listening to classical and cultural music selections from around the world. And finally, I succumb to a daily regimen of physical activity that requires a certain degree of exertion. I also floss. Well, it sounds like you're very serious about your health. Absolutely. To do otherwise would be, if I may use a grossly overused adjective, totally dumb. Thank you, Abram, the smartest boy in school. I'm Sam with Live with Sam. Goodbye. God has given us everything we need to be healthy inside and out. During Creation Week, he established a health plan for every creature on earth. To learn more about healthy living and about the God who created us all, go to kidsbibleinfo.com. That's kidsbibleinfo.com. This program was brought to you by the Children's Ministries Department of the General Conference of Seventh-day Adventists. Hi, boys and girls. This is Ms. Kathy. I'm so happy you've joined me today for another story just for you. Chapter 2, Wild Horse Mountain Retreat. Soon the Adamses pulled up behind the Vargas family in front of their cabins at Wild Horse Mountain Retreat. Dee Dee saw that the teller's van was already parked in front of one of the cabins. She hopped out of the car and Zach followed right behind her. Zach ran over to greet Chris, Maria, and Willie. Willie had brought his dog, Coco, too. Dee Dee grabbed Zach's leash and ran to catch up. Want to go explore after Sammy and Jenny get here and we are all moved in, Dee Dee asked. Sure, Willie said. I want to go find the horses. Dad says we can go for a ride tomorrow. Your dogs are so cute, a strange voice said. Dee Dee, Willie, Chris, and Maria whirled around at the same time. Who are you, Dee Dee asked, her heart pounding twice as fast as normal. She hadn't realized someone was right behind them. The stranger was a girl with tan skin, jet black hair, and beautiful sparkling black eyes. My name is Ruth Thompson, the girl said, looking at Dee Dee. I'm Dee Dee Adams. This is Maria Vargas and her brother Chris. And I'm Willie Teller. Willie introduced himself. Dee Dee tried to smile and act friendly, but she was still kind of upset. She was sure Ruth had meant to scare them by sneaking up behind them. Then she remembered the lesson at the shoebox last week. I guess I shouldn't be so quick to judge other people, she suddenly thought. Maybe Ruth didn't mean to scare us. No one said anything for a few minutes. Ruth acted nervous the way she shifted back and forth on her feet. She looked like a pine tree swaying in the wind. Anyway, I, uh, I just thought your dogs were really cute. I like dogs, Ruth said. Thank you, Dee Dee replied. Willie pointed at his dog. That's Coco. He's really friendly. You can pet him if you want. Willie rolled forward and called Coco. Come here, Coco. This is Ruth. Coco stopped playing with Zack and jumped into Willie's lap. Zack shook his head as if he was confused. Then he chased after Coco, but he skidded to a stop when Ruth knelt down in front of him. "'Who are you, little doggie?' Ruth asked as she reached out to pet Zack. Zack wagged his tail and went right up to Ruth. "'That's Zack,' Dee Dee said. "'He's my dog.' Dee Dee tried to keep from feeling jealous while Ruth petted Zack. 
Worst of all, Zack seemed to like Ruth almost better than he liked anyone else. Suddenly, Ruth jumped to her feet. She stared off into the forest. What's the matter, Chris asked. I just thought we were being spied on. Dee Dee shuddered. She noticed that her friend's faces looked worried, too. You mean there's something in the woods watching us? Ruth turned her head and smiled at Dee Dee. I don't think it's a ghost or anything, if that's what you're afraid of. I think it's probably just my brother. He likes to sneak around as quietly as he can in the woods. Why does he do that? Willie wanted to know. Haven't you ever played cowboys and Indians? Well, yeah, Willie replied. My little brother does too. Only, since we are really Paiute Indians, he likes to be the Indian, so he sneaks around in the woods. Sometimes he plays just by himself, Ruth explained. That sounds like fun, Chris said. My brother is pretty good at sneaking around. He's so quiet he can even sneak up on me before I know he's there. Sometimes he scares me so badly I want to catch him and wrestle him to the ground until he begs for forgiveness. Dee Dee couldn't help but grin. That's exactly how she felt when Ruth scared them. I know that feeling, she said. Willie was watching the woods to see if he could see Ruth's brother, but all he could see were trees, bushes, and wildflowers. He shrugged. What's your brother's name? Eagle Feather, Ruth said. My mother is a full-blooded Paiute Indian. Our family gave us Indian names as well as more common Anglo names like you have. My full name is Ruth Running Deer Thompson, and my brother's name is David Eagle Feather Thompson. Is your family on vacation here, Dee Dee asked. We live here. Willie's wide eyes looked around at all the mountains. You mean you get to stay here all the time? Cool. Ruth shook her head sadly. Not all the time. My mom lives here all year because she works at the lodge, but my brother and I go to California to live with our dad during the winter. That way we can spend time with both our parents and go to school too. I'm sorry, Dee Dee said when she realized that the reason Ruth lived in both places was because her parents were divorced. Ruth sighed and changed the subject. I heard you say you were going to find the horses, but the horses aren't at the corrals. A group of trail riders is due to get back today, but they aren't here yet. Are there any other fun places to see, Willie asked. Ruth pointed at a trail that curved around the cabins and disappeared somewhere in the forest. That's a good trail to hike. It goes to a small meadow with lots of yellow and purple and blue wildflowers. Ruth glanced down at the ground. Oh, look, they're so cute. Coco and Zack wrestled in the dirt at Ruth's feet. Willie laughed. It looks like Coco and Zack are having fun. Ruth knelt down and petted Coco and Zack for a minute. Then she stood up and waved goodbye to everyone. I better go see if my mom wants me for anything. Bye. Right after Ruth left, Sammy Tan and his grandparents arrived, followed by Jenny and her mom. Dee Dee and Maria helped Jenny carry her sleeping bag and suitcase into a cabin while Chris, Sammy, and Willie helped Sammy and his grandparents unpack. Look at this, Sammy said after he had taken his suitcase and sleeping bag into his grandparents' cabin. He put a gray cowboy hat on his head. What do you think? You look just like a real cowboy, Dee Dee said. Look at this, Sammy. Willie put on his own black cowboy hat. Sammy laughed. When the shoebox kids gathered in front of the cabins, Dee Dee said, Is everyone ready to go exploring? We sure are. Willie let Jenny hang onto Coco's leash, and they started up the trail. I love the mountains, Dee Dee said. I wish I could live up here all year long. I think you would freeze, Chris said. During the winter, the snow probably gets so deep it covers the cabins. Then I wouldn't have to go to school, Dee Dee replied. Maria was following the trail behind Dee Dee. Dee Dee, you would be so bored if you couldn't go to school. I know how much you like to learn. Maria's right, Sammy said. You are the best student of all of us. You'd be bored if you couldn't go to school. 
Suddenly, Willie froze. Did anyone hear that? Hear what? Jenny asked. I thought I heard a noise in the bushes, Willie said. It came from right over there, and I thought I saw something move, too. I didn't hear anything, Chris said. Dee Dee shook her head. I didn't see anything moving. Neither did I, Sammy agreed. Stop trying to scare us. Willie stared at the forest. I'm not trying to scare anyone. If no one else heard anything or saw anything, then I guess I must be imagining it. Unless it was Eagle Feather, maybe he's watching us and we just can't see him, Dee Dee thought. She looked at Zack, but Zack didn't act like anyone was out there either. Jenny looked at Coco, who was sniffling the air in the direction Willie had been pointing. Maybe Coco smells something, she said. But Zack doesn't act like he heard or saw anything, and he doesn't act like he smells anything either. Zack is a good watchdog, Dee Dee bragged. If there is anything or anyone out there, he would know it. Willie lifted Coco into his lap and wheeled up the trail. Okay, everyone, let's keep going, Chris said. If you haven't noticed, it gets dark pretty fast in the mountains. Let's go a little farther and then turn around and go back so we don't miss supper. Chris is right, Sammy said, pushing his cowboy hat back on his head. Let's go so we can get back for supper. Ten minutes later, Chris stopped abruptly. Dee Dee and Zack nearly crashed into him. Dee Dee stopped as fast as she could, but Zack kept going and pulled the leash out of Dee Dee's hand. What did you stop so quickly for, Chris? Dee Dee asked as she reached down to grab Zack's leash. I thought I heard something this time, Chris said, but I guess it was just the wind blowing through the pine trees. Just as Dee Dee tried to grab Zack's leash, Zack raised his head sharply, his ears pointed ahead on the trail. In a flash, he bolted away. Zack! Zack! Come back here right now! Dee Dee called, but Zack didn't stop. Dee Dee and her friends could hear Zack barking all the way up the trail. Then, all at once, Zack stopped barking. The sudden silence was eerie. Willie wrapped his arms around Coco in a bear hug so he wouldn't get away, too. Yip, 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 ruff, ruff, Coco barked and tried to race after Zack, but Willie held on tight. What's the matter with you, Coco? Stop barking, Willie pleaded. None of the shoebox kids knew what to do. They kept waiting for Zack to come trotting down the trail, wagging his tail, but he never came back. I, I think something happened to Zack. Dee Dee's voice quivered. Let's go look for him. Dee Dee led the way with Chris, Jenny, Maria, Willie, and Sammy right behind her. The sun dipped behind the mountains, making it darker. I'm not going back to the cabins until I find Zack, she thought, even if I have to search the whole forest at night by myself. The trail wound slowly up the hill like a snake. Around every turn in the trail, Dee Dee expected to see Zack waiting for her with his tail wagging. But after ten minutes, there still was no sign of Zack. At least the trail is wide and not too steep, Willie said. Zack wouldn't have gone too far, Jenny said hopefully. Chris looked at the sky. If we don't get back to the cabins pretty soon, our parents will be worried. Everyone stop, Willie whispered excitedly. He had been walking very slowly with his eyes glued to the trail looking for tracks. The shoebox kids froze. What is it? Willie whispered. Sammy knelt down to inspect something on the trail. Did you notice this, Dee Dee? Dee Dee bent down to look where Sammy was pointing. She shook her head. I don't see anything. That's just it, Dee Dee. Zack's tracks have vanished. The story you have heard today is a chapter of The Shoebox Kids, Book 10, Adventure on Wild Horse Mountain, written by Eric Stoffel, edited and created by Jerry D. Thomas, and used with permission from the Pacific Press Publishing Association. 
If you're interested in any other books published by the Seventh-day Adventist Church, please visit AdventistBookCenter.com or call 1-800-765-6955. This podcast is a production of the Carolina Conference of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. Let the children come. Don't dare drive them away. things they say the springtime of their life decides the adults they'll become so let the children come please let the children come children's bible journey was brought to you by 3abn australia radio and is a production of life talk radio at lifetalk.net